Majora's Mask, Chapter 19, Odawa. The heavy door closed behind Link, Tattle, and the monkeys. It cut off all torchlight, plunging the new hallway into darkness. Stone enclosed the room instead of dirt. A narrow staircase spiraled downward, lit only by Tattle's glowing orb. The monkeys ventured on without another word, leaving Link and Tattle to exchange a glance. How much further down is there? Tattle asked. We've got to be almost there, Link said. Almost where? The fairy asked. To the monster. Right, Tattle said. And you really think you're ready for that? I bet those goons were nothing compared to what's down there. I'm ready as I'll ever be. But this monster has to be Majorified, and we know what Majora's capable of. The Skull Kid's lightning was still vivid in Link's mind, traveling atop the clock tower to leave him for dead against the wall. There's no use thinking about that, Link said. We have to go down there and fast before we run out of time. Tattle restrained whatever argument came to mind. Instead, they followed the small white creatures, who were already much further ahead. The cavernous stairwell swallowed them whole. The deep silence frightened Link. His nerves were slow to creep in, a weight on his shoulders he wasn't sure he could carry. We know what Majora's capable of, Tattle had said. With each step, the memory of that mask's orange eyes burned clearer into his mind, as if it was the Skull Kid and not some monster waiting for him at the bottom. Except that's impossible, Link told himself. The Skull Kid's on top of the clock tower, underneath the moon, like he always is. The masked imp was doomed to wait for Link, tossing the ocarina up and down in his hand until... The ocarina! His eyes went to the clay instrument on his belt. He remembered Tattle's warning from earlier in the temple. I think you're underestimating how powerful the Skull Kid is. We can't keep hiding in three-day cycles forever. Link gulped. What if the Skull Kid realizes he's missing the ocarina, he thought. What if the Skull Kid's down there, waiting for us? Or what if even his monster is too powerful? What if, like the Skull Kid, his monster could kill Link with an instantaneous bolt of lightning? What if he was killed the second he stepped into the next room, without time to think? What if, as he lay dying... Tattle couldn't play the Song of Time, and the moon came down and ended everything permanently. No. He shook those thoughts away, closing his eyes for a moment. I can't think like that. For all I know, it's just another Dinolfo down there. 
If he wanted to stand a chance against Majora's Mask, he'd need the courage to face its curse wherever it had been laid. Link opened his eyes just in time to stop himself from falling into a rather large hole in the staircase. The gap stretched on for several feet before the staircase continued ahead and below them. The monkeys had sidled along a thin ledge that remained. Their small feet made it easy, already across and continuing further down. Of course, the fairy said, rolling her eyes. Was it too much to ask for a complete staircase? I can walk along the side like the monkeys, Link said. No, you can't, Tattle said. Look at that thing. It's so narrow. I know you're a twinkle-toed fairy boy, but unless you've got baby feet hidden in those boots, you'll fall. I've crossed worse, Link said anyways, already pressing his back against the wall. Only half of his booted foot fit on the ledge. Hey, hey, wait, stop! He took no notice, inching his way along as his wide blue eyes beheld the dark chasm. Don't be an idiot, Link! Come back! He almost slipped after one step, but he regained his balance to try again. Tattle, I'll be- Link didn't finish. Another earthquake interrupted him. Link could only hold his balance for a split second. His arms went out like propellers but found nothing to grab. He fell through the center of the winding staircase and into the dark hole. Link plummeted with an empty stomach and a blank mind. Seconds passed. Then the wall behind him began sloping downward until his back slid against it. The dirt ramp continued flattening until his sides turned into a painful rolling his shield, sword, and bag noisily banged around the pitch-black tunnel as he spun. He rolled into open air, falling several more feet into a large, well-lit room. He slammed painfully onto stone. Link surrendered to shock for only a moment, flexing his fingers and toes to make sure everything still worked. Link! Tattle flew from the hole in the wall to join him. He turned to see identical holes running horizontally along the wall, all funneling air into the room. They were far too high to reach from the floor, suggesting he'd have to find another way out. As he sat, he noticed his fairy freeze, eyes wide and staring terrified behind him. Uh-oh. Link heard a soft hissing behind him. It was unmistakably a less intense version of what they'd heard while trapped in the hidden prison. Link stood and turned around. It was the temple's largest room yet. It was an extremely wide stone circle, hundreds of feet from side to side. A high ceiling ascended into darkness. Torches close to the floor only illuminated the lower half. One absurdly massive stone barrier at the other end might have been a door, but it would take a giant twenty times his size to open. In the room's center, a thick, long table formed a smooth surface. Lying on top of the altar, spread out and unconscious, was the Diku princess. A long green stem with a purple flower grew from her head. She hung limply off the white slab, eyes shut. Her face was young, and lavish robes adorned her body. A black cloud of smoke surrounded her, Columns rose from her body, taking the shape of arms and tentacles that caressed her wood-textured skin. The thick, dark mass was only partially visible, 
Link could see through it to the other side of the otherwise empty room, its long appendages funneled in and outside of the girl's snout and ears, hissing as it rotated the entirety of its mass through her body. Link stared, dumbfounded by the seemingly cognitive black entity possessing the Deku scrub. Link quickly spotted another body lying between the table and himself. A monkey. The monkey was obviously dead. Their mouth hung open and limbs askew. Deep gashes formed a pool of blood around the corpse. He turned from the corpse to note one last thing in the room. A mask. It floated in place several feet above the table, directly over the cloud of darkness and the Deku scrub. It resembled a long-faced man who proudly bore tattoos on his cheeks and forehead. Three colorful stripes stood erect atop the mask's head. The face piece remained suspended mid-air, held in place by some invisible force. The empty eye sockets bore down on Link from far above. Link and the fairy stood in awe, unsure what to do next as they remained side by side. It wasn't until the black cloud's central mass turned as if to face them that they did anything. It removed its tentacles of darkness from the princess's body, while Link's sweaty hands reached back for his sword and shield. Tattle! Link gulped. Uh, yes? She asked, unable to take her eyes away. What am I supposed to do? He never broke eye contact with the dark being, even though it didn't have a face. He readied his weapons, scanning the creature for a weak point as it swirled in a ball and made odd clicking noises. Won't my sword go right through it? I think, Tattle said, glancing up to the mask far above everything. That mask... What about it? It's a Tiku deity, Tattle said. One of the demons they believe in. The black thing? No, the, the mask, Tattle answered. Odawa, a demon of the jungle. The stories say he was a warrior cursed by darkness. The darkness made him attack stray villagers who crossed his path, corrupting them as he was. Then... What's the monster? Link asked. The mass of darkness unexpectedly shot to the right, making the boy jump. However, it didn't change. It merely swirled in place, examining Link and Tattle at this new angle. It's so fast, Link thought. He never would have had a chance if it dove for him. How do I fight something like this? I think it's coming from the mask, Tattle said. She shook her head. Deku deities aren't real. Really? Because it's right here in front of me, Link said. Without warning, it lunged. Link swung his sword as the cloud enveloped him, but his blade passed through black tendrils with no effect. He could only scream as it flooded his vision and lifted him off the ground. Ah! Everything became darkness. Link's struggling legs and arms were pulled taut, stretched outward by the invisible muscles of the cloud. His sword and shield were torn away like toys clattering to the floor. <coughs> he heard his fairy scream. Each breath threatened to pull smog down his throat, so Link held it, choking as it used him like a puppet. 
As quickly as it took him, it released him. Link fell limply to the floor. He shook as he took in heavy gulps of air to regain his breath, scrambling to his feet. <coughs> his fairy was next to him. In an instant, they both watched the monster back away. The black entity split itself in two. One half of the demon remained suspended in the air as the other returned to the princess. The half left behind shrunk, compacting and solidifying. The darkness fashioned itself arms and legs as a head sprouted free from a torso. Link quickly recovered his sword and shield, recognizing its new shape as the gusts of wind settled. His own. It became his doppelganger, except the same shade of purely black as the monster. Its tunic, skin, hat, hair, boots, and weapons were made of darkness, blending with one another. Once the entity finished... forming, it floated gently to the ground, opening its eyes to reveal bright red. Link stared in amazement, blue eyes meeting crimson. The dark being reached back and pulled out an identical, but dark, sword and shield. It's... you! Tattle said in astonishment. Link was left speechless. I fought this thing before, in Hyrule. The shadow version of himself was quickly upon him, swinging its blade. Link brought his sword up to meet the steel in midair. He pushed the dark sword away, preparing for another attack. Tattle watched Link battle the demon, only looking away when she heard a new noise come from the stone table. The black entity had once again surrounded the princess to enter her snout and ears. This time, it sounded excited as it released clicks and hisses. The skin of the Deku scrub began to pale. Whatever's happening to her, it's almost done, Tattle realized. Wink! Tattle exclaimed. However, her blonde-haired companion was too busy with his shadow. She turned back to the person they'd come to save, whose life clearly ebbed away on the altar. Oh, ten! She cursed. Stop! She shrieked, flying swiftly to the monster. Before she could even reach the table, a black tentacle rose in response. She stopped just as it smacked her, blurring her vision and sending her spiraling to the floor. When Link swung his sword next, Dark Link met it again, pushing him backward and almost causing him to fall. It mirrored every one of his moves. Uh, just like when I fought this thing before. I know you're not Odawa! Link said, as if threatening it with this knowledge. Dark Link lunged instead of responding. Link repelled the attack with his sword. I fought you in Hyrule, underneath Lake Hylia and the Water Temple. I remember you. <sighs> Dark Link only hissed in response, exactly as the cloud of darkness did. Then the Shadow Link disappeared into the ground, becoming one with its surface. It slid in only two dimensions under Link's feet and popped out on the other side. He hardly had time to spin around and block the next attack with his shield. Admit it! Link screamed. You're from Hyrule! How'd you get to Termina? Why is that Odawa mask up there? <sighs> I'm the child of the darkness, Dark Link said. 
Its lips blended in with that face of oblivion, making its mouth invisible. Its voice was blood-curdling, similar to the masked imp's voice after he'd been struck with lightning. Its red, pupilless eyes bore into his own. <sighs> and the darkness is everywhere. In Hyrule, in Termina, in Odawa's mask, in your heart. Link gulped, holding his sword at the ready as the two circled one another. <sighs> Majora is not just a mask. Majora is everywhere. A manifestation of those darkest thoughts and fears. Link wasn't sure he understood. You didn't answer my question! Its words still seared their way into Link's muscles, casting his bravado aside before he could truly wield it. A cold sweat broke out on his neck as his breathing became heavier. <sighs> How did you get here from Hyrule? <sighs> the darkness is everywhere. Dark Link hissed, swinging its sword. Link hadn't been prepared. His weak attempt to block the attack didn't stop the blade from almost finding his face. In a final burst of energy, Link thrust his sword arm to the side, causing both of their swords to leave their hands. <laughs> Link, who initially turned to his fallen weapon, looked back to see that Dark Link hadn't done the same. Instead, the shadow tossed its shield to the side and went for Link weaponless, dark hands reaching out. Link brought up his shield and backed away, but the black fingers curled around the metal and pulled. Link tried to shake the creature from his shield, but he'd stumbled too far back up against the wall. <laughs> the shadow pushed his shield to the side and grabbed his neck. Link's eyes went wide as their noses were now an inch from each other's, blue frightfully beholding the red. Link thought he heard Tattle's scream in the distance, but everything faded. Dark Link, the stone table, and the princess, the black entity, the entire room. The forest was dark. Tall trees swayed beneath a pitch-black nighttime sky. He admired the cold and the unwavering trees whose tall trunks withstood all. Turning around, he saw the charred remains of the forest fire the astronomer had spoken of. The tree line, marking where the fire had failed to consume the rest of the forest, was at his feet. He looked to the sky, to the moon appearing now to rest on the clock tower. Its wide eyes beheld the kingdom it sought to crush. He smiled wickedly at the dark rock, turning back to the forest and raising his hands as the earth quaked again. Link's eyes shot open. He inhaled heavily as he returned to himself. However, the quakes didn't end with his strange vision. The temple's sacrificial chamber continued shaking as the forest had. It lasted only a few seconds. Link stared blankly ahead, dumbfounded and realizing he now sat slumped against the wall. Tattle was at his side. <sighs> Thank Nehru! Tattle said, appearing just as shaken as him. <coughs> Link couldn't respond, still coughing as he regained his breath. He tried to plant one foot down, but a sudden sharp pain gripped his chest. Link's hands flew to it, stumbling to his feet as he stood. <coughs> it's my black mark. 
<clears throat> he thought. We just... <clears throat> Scar! It quickly returned to a dull throbbing. Link brought his head up to tattle uncertainly. Um, is it... you? Tattle asked worriedly. Link's brow furrowed in confusion, still panting as he straightened himself. Who else would it be? The fairy didn't respond. We don't have time for games, Tattle, Link thought. He looked past her to see the black clouds still swirling around the Digu princess. What happened to Dark Link? There wasn't a hint of red-eyed shadow anywhere. Where? Link stopped short, however, when he saw that Tattle was still staring at him. What happened, Tattle? She didn't reply, closing her eyes before taking a deep breath and opening them. Look, there's no time! She exclaimed, pointing back to the monster over the Diku scrub. She's got maybe five minutes before she's as dead as a monkey! You need to worry about that! But, Dark Link! Link fumbled, still not understanding. He won't! Tattle said immediately. He's gone! How? There's no time to explain! Do something about that thing before it kills her! Link's eyes, eager for answers, turned instead to the stone table. She's right. The smoke sounded more thrilled, and the princess looked more drained. All right, he conceded, pushing thoughts of Dark Link away as he gathered his fallen sword and shield. He racked his brain for a way to attack or even affect the darkness, and his eyes found the mask hovering high above the sacrifice's table. The mask! Hotoma? Tattle asked, watching as Link reached into his bag for his bow. Uh, clever! Clever, fairy boy! Just then, the hissing changed, and they turned to see the cloud once again leaving the princess. It turned its non-existent face in their direction, as if noticing Link's notched bow. The black entity roared in his direction like a bullet. However, it was too late to stop the arrow. As soon as the arrow traveled through the mask, the dark being recoiled mere feet from them. Odawa fell from its invisible perch. The darkness, writhing on the floor, retracted toward the fallen mask with an arrow through its center. The monster was already flying around it. And inside of it... The mask ascended to the air once more, arrow still in its face, as the black creature was fully absorbed. When the hissing stopped, the mask was floating by itself. A body soon grew from behind it, its arms and legs born in almost an instant. A monstrously tall being fit for the mask touched its feet to the floor. Like the mask, it was also covered in tattoos, but it was unimaginably tall, dwarfing the rest of the room in comparison. Standing far higher than any house he'd seen, the new entity conjured a shield and sword of proportional size. The stripes remained on top of its head, and its eyes were now orange instead of empty. Its arms were thick and muscular, and it had a hard, round stomach and chiseled chest. The creature, once fully formed, brought the hand holding the sword up to its face and pulled the arrow out of it, tossing it to the ground. It then turned to the ceiling and held its arms upward, dancing on both feet as it chanted in some unknown language. Uh, uh, now that... 
cattle gulped, head craned back to view the entity in its entirety. Is... Odawa... When the giant man finally looked down from the ceiling, he wasted no time. His massive blade swung like a mighty pendulum, stretching further than Link thought possible. He dove blindly to the side, hoping to clear its reach. He must have rolled at the perfect angle, just barely feeling its swish miss his back. Link landed on his feet and spun back. The jungle warrior responded in more incoherent babble, shaking his head violently. <sighs> This is ridiculous, Link thought. Perfect opportunity for snarky tattle commentary. There was no time to ask for that, though. Instead, he drew his bow before Odawa could finish chanting, and the arrow zipped across the room in seconds. Unexpectedly, Odawa's speed matched it. His shield came up to deflect the projectile. Link didn't waste time being shocked and drew back the string again. The second arrow sailed over Odawa's head as the monster crouched low. Link lowered his bow, dazed when his enemy started spinning in circles. Sword held out dangerously. It spiraled toward him as lethally as a snapper would. Link stowed his bow and redrew his sword. He tried to run, but hardly made it a few steps before he turned to see the demon's blade reach him. Link instinctively rose his shield and the attacker's force still launched Link off his feet. He landed up against the Deku Princess's stone table. He lay there, only for a moment, quick to ignore the pain and stand. He already felt his back bruising and his arms throbbing. Odawa unfurled from his crouching spin, chanting yet again with his arms risen at the ceiling. Link remained behind his sword and shield, table at his back, waiting for some projectile or attack. He was caught by surprise when a ring of fire drew itself around him. It enclosed the table too robbing him of any room to move away. The tall flames reached high above his head, baking the air. Each breath was thick with heat, scratching his throat as his lungs clawed for relief. The altar was in the eye of the fire, so he pushed his face up against the stone slab, soaking in the last bit of relief from the cool rock. For a moment, a single detail entered his vision. Golden vines protruding beneath the altar, uh, is that a plant under the table? He looked up to the Digu princess resting on its surface, who remained unconscious and unaware of the sweat now beating over her face. Odawa looked down into the orange circle from far above. He stared directly at Link, mouth agape and head shaking even crazier than before. Small black specks sprayed from the giant's throat hurtling toward Link and he quickly realized they had wings. The moths zipped toward him in a massive cloud. They dove over the flames and were soon crawling over Link's skin, causing small bursts of pain with each bite. Link cowered against the table, hiding his face the best he could. Every time he tried to bat a moth away, his fingers drew dangerously close to the fire. He could only crouch inward and shake as the bugs ate him alive. When he felt the fire leap for his back, Link rolled on top of the table and continued trying to fight the moths away in vain. From somewhere beyond the chaos of pain, light, and heat, he heard a sound that might have been running water. He couldn't tell where it came from and almost wondered if he'd imagined it. However, the fire stretching to claim him suddenly vanished and it took the bright burning and singed air with it. 
Link lifted his head to realize he'd been right. One of the dirt chutes leading into the room now released a constant stream of water, as if the floodgates had broken. The floor was already foaming with a thin layer of liquid that quickly spread over the stone and surrounding the table. Tattle floated beside the open chute. Beside her stood the two remaining monkeys, both dripping wet and smiling broadly. His attention was quickly whipped back to the moths as they kept biting at his skin. He jumped from the table and splashed in the water, trying to douse them. Before Link could free himself, he looked up to see the great warrior running at him, dancing and singing yet again. Link reached into his bag for his Deku mask. He fired green goop in every direction, spinning around and squealing a battle cry. As soon as Deku Link stopped, he looked to see the dead moths now floating below him in the water, encased in snout slime. And also, Odalwa's sword coming toward him. Link gasped, removing the mask and rolling out of the way as the blade came crashing into the waves beside him. Tattle couldn't help but smile. Next time he calls me a useless fairy, he better remember who put the fire out. Her smile faded when she saw water also trickling from the chute beside theirs. Tattle spun back to the monkeys. Did you do something to free that one too? The fairy jumped when she heard an explosion. A powerful river now poured out, rivaling the original one. She leapt in shock again when a fourth explosion followed a third, and then a fifth. She flew up in a way as water shot out from almost all the other chutes in the room. It coated the floor quickly, doubling over and filling the bottom. The monkeys ran away from the water spouts toward the center, and Tattle flew to join them as the room slowly filled. We have to turn it off! Tattle exclaimed. They looked up at the fairy in terror. No can do! One shouted. Too much water! Added the other. We just wanted to put out the fire! Tattle said. The monkeys looked at one another gravely before turning to one of the only remaining dry shoots and climbing up to flee. Tattle gave Link a worried glance, who still was too engaged with Odalwa to do anything else. The fairy then followed the monkeys up the dry passageway. Link ran from Odalwa, sword out and ready to strike. The demon spun after the boy with a whirlwind of water surrounding him. Link's boots became wet and heavy quickly. He felt Odawa close behind, so he spun around and notched his bow, with only seconds to spare. He released the string and leapt to the side, and the arrow met its mark, the jungle warrior's shoulder. Odawa howled, collapsing mid-spin and sending massive waves in all directions as he slid across the floor. Link's victory was short-lived when he felt his ankle burning. His head quickly snapped down and he noticed a dark cloud of murkiness spreading like a plague through the water. A small line had found its way to his foot, which he traced all the way back to one of the chutes. That particular vent was releasing purple water now. Ow, Din! Link ran quickly from the poisoned water, noting the hole now burnt into his boot. The murky cloud moved sluggishly, but many of the other shoots soon joined in with a change of color. When Odawa started chanting again, Link found his attention whipped in another direction. <sighs> Breathe, he told himself, taking only a split second to center himself. He felt the edges of his mind slipping. 
falling victim to exhaustion as his adrenaline ran low. Only ironclad willpower could stop himself from collapsing. The jungle warrior's anger was apparent as he danced. Instead of more fire or moths, the room began to shake. <sighs> Link looked up to the dark ceiling to see that wasn't the case. Instead, a large boulder hurtled down seemingly from nowhere. <sighs> Another spell! His feet barely pushed through the water in time. The boulder crashed behind him, sending Link airborne so he landed right next to a patch of purple water. Link scrambled to his feet, turning to see all the chutes were contaminated. Only a large ring of clean water remained, centered at the altar. He scrambled toward that as the room still shook and he noted more boulders raining down. He narrowly avoided another one and then a third. Not all were as large as the first, but they left craters in the ground all the same. One smashed into the edge of the altar, narrowly missing the princess's head. I have to shield her! Link ran to her side as the poisonous water inched closer to the table. Odalwa continued chanting in the corner of the room, angrily screaming at the sky. No boulders reached him, and despite being in the middle of the purple water, it had no effect on his feet. Link scooped the limp princess in his arms, her face pale and dotted with water. Hardly a second passed before the shadow of another boulder shrouded them. Link instinctively leapt from the altar, princess in arms as the rock smashed through the table, cracking it in half and injecting pieces of stone. Link landed in the water, cradling the princess to shield her from debris. One second at a time, Link told himself. Breathe. He looked up, heart pounding, to see the altar destroyed. A golden tiku flower lay in its place, previously hidden underneath the table. It was much larger than any he'd seen before. Shining brightly above the water, the leaves glistened, vines curling gracefully around it. Link let out a sigh of relief when the room stopped shaking. Odalwa no longer chanted at the ceiling, but his deadly glare had returned to the boy. The poisonous water, meanwhile, was almost finished closing in. Heedless, Odalwa charged toward him from across the room, sword raised as he screamed. Link's mind, almost burned numb by stress, threatened to freeze as the jungle warrior charged. <clears throat> Focus! Link told himself. He took in his surroundings, summoning his last bit of mental and physical strength. Poison water, coming close. Odawa, just a few breaths away. The golden Diku flower, surrounded by broken stones. <clears throat> The pieces of Link's next plan fell into place. He laid the princess on the nearest chunk of stone and rushed toward the Diku flower. The water at Link's feet resisted him, but he pushed on. Odawa approached with a supernatural swiftness from the other direction. Link's right hand found his Diku scrub mask as his left pulled his sword free. The boy reached the edge of the flower just as the massive blade swung for his head. The transformation happened in an instant and Link disappeared into the depths of the golden plant with his possessions hidden in his human form. The demon sword came crashing into the water just beside the flower. Odawa paused, confused for only a moment. His wild eyes found the Diku flower and knew where his target had vanished. Odawa rose his blade high and prepared to drill it into the golden plant. 
But Link rocketed upward from the flower's depths first. The warrior's sword came down hardly an inch beside him, tearing through the middle of the sacred plant. Link soared higher than any Deku flower had let him before. His snout was furrowed in determination as he hung far over Odawa's head. The demon looked up, still bent over the flower as Link descended. The Deku scrub removed his mask as Odawa lifted his blade. Sword in hand, human Link fell from above. The jungle warrior swung his mighty weapon upward to meet him. Link held his breath. Odawa screamed. Tattle and the two monkeys watched from the safety of a dry chute. Link spun away from Odawa's blade just in time. Then he was upon the demon's face, sword arm plunging the Kokiri relic directly through Odawa's forehead. The jungle warrior's scream ended in a sharp, abrupt gasp. The demon's sword and shield fell from his hands, fingers shooting open in shock. Odawa froze, both eyes unable to see the boy holding the sword buried in between them. Link let go, falling away from Odawa and leaving his weapon jammed in the giant's face. The poisonous water came fast, but he applied the Deku mask before crashing into the thick liquid. It broke his fall, and his feet gently drifted to the stone floor. His large Deku head just barely broke the surface that his small body was submerged in. Odawa never screamed again. He feebly groped at the wound in his face, where dark clouds of smoke now hissed from the fissure. Link watched in amazement near Odawa's feet as the monster's body peeled away in small flakes, bits of skin popped off and disappearing with the smoke. The entirety of the giant vanished into nothing before their eyes, leaving behind only its face. An empty mask was soon all that remained, floating midair, its glowing eyes faded last. The sword slid from the mask once the body faded, splashing as it sank to the stone. The mask hung in the air for only a moment longer, until it fell to float atop the poisonous water too. All was silent and still. Even the shoots of contaminated water had stopped. Finally, Link released his breath. I won. The exhaustion came immediately in a great wave that almost caused him to pass out. Ah, you did it! Tattle exclaimed. She broke the silence, flying from across the room to join him. You killed the monster! The monkeys, meanwhile, remained in the dry chute, hesitant to step into the purple water. The young blonde scrub returned the fairy smile, walking to retrieve his sword. <sighs> that was incredible! You shot out of that flower like a cannon and came right on top of his face! I can't believe it! You actually did it! Link nodded, unable to find words. I mean, no matter how much I doubted you, or I said we should quit and just play the song of time, we finished with a couple of hours to spare, too! <clears throat> You helped, too, Link said in his squeaky, high-pitched voice. When you brought the entire swamp crashing down in here. <sighs> hey! Tattle exclaimed. I only meant to put the fire out. Besides, it was the monkeys who found some chambers of water at the tops of the chutes. I didn't ask questions when I saw the fire around you, or realize it would eventually run out of clean water. <laughs> I'm not complaining. 
Link said, sword in hand as he returned to the princess. I'd probably be dead otherwise. <sighs> Link's heart nearly stopped when a noise caught his attention from behind. <laughs> Odawa? He spun to find the monster's mask rising into the air again, leaving the gentle purple water behind. The sword hole at its center sealed itself as a familiar hissing returned. Oh no! Tattle stammered as the mask spun in circles. A bluish aura surrounded Odawa as it pulsed with a white light. That light soon spread, expanding to rapidly approach the boy and his fairy. Link covered his eyes as it passed through him and Tattle, going on to fill the rest of the room and beyond. When the brilliant whiteness faded, he brought his arms down to see that only the mask's small blue aura remained. <laughs> what just happened? <sighs> it took him only a moment to look down and discover all traces of purple had vanished. The water filling the room was clear and healthy. He could feel the difference against his Deku skin. Link beamed up at Tattle with realization. Tattle! He exclaimed. The water! Did that light terrify all of Woodfall? Link wondered. Did it leave the temple? Before the fairy could respond, the princess coughed. <coughs> Link turned to find her finally stirring atop the stone debris. The coughs rattled her entire body, but she slowly lifted her head and looked around groggily. Link and Tattle joined her, ignoring Odalwa's mask for now, which still glowed blue behind them. The monkeys climbed down from the chute across the room, running to join them. The female Deku scrub slid down from her rock, squealing when she had landed neck deep in water. She hastily scrambled back on top of the stone, looking around frantically. <coughs> she screeched. You're safe, princess. Link said. She looked at the young boy standing below her, as if suspicious. She narrowed her eyes at his worn, exhausted face. Who are you? She said. I demand you answer me at once! Hey! Tattle said, confronting her face to face. We just spent the past 24 hours risking our lives to save you! Show some respect! The princess stared at the fairy blankly. You shaved me? She looked past Tattle, back down at Link. The young blonde scrub nodded, looking around the massive chamber to realize how strange it must seem. Chunks of stone and rock littered the room, and the entire floor was submerged. A golden flower sliced in half withered only a few feet away. The two monkeys turned to something else in the water. The blackened body floated on the surface, burned almost beyond recognition. One monkey hesitantly reached down, small fingers curling to caress the lifeless hand of their lost brother.